nor in the excess is there sometimes any, but then it must be rightly placed, must be directed to a proper object. The love a daughter bears her confessor is no doubt not only innocent but extremely laudable. Yes, but that, that is another sort of love, you know. You are deceived. There is but one sort of love which is justifiable or indeed desirable. I hope my love for Laroon is that. That I know not. I wish it may, however. I have some dispute as yet remaining with me concerning it. Till that be satisfied, it will be improper for you to proceed any farther in the affair. All the penance, therefore, shall I shall enjoin you on this confession is to defer your marriage one week, by which time I shall have resolved within myself whether you shall marry him at all. Not marry him at all? Surely, father, you are not in earnest. I never jest on these occasions. What reason can you have? My reasons may not be so ripe for your ears at present, but perhaps better things are designed for you. A fiddlestick! I tell you, father, better things cannot be designed for me. I suppose you have found out some old fellow with twenty livres a year more in his power. But I can assure you, if I marry not Laroon, I'll not marry any. Perhaps you are not designed to marry any. Let me feel your pulse. Extremely feverish. You are enough to put anyone in a fever. I was to have been married to-morrow to a pretty fellow, and now I must defer my marriage till you have considered whether I shall marry at all or no. Have you any more sins to confess? Sins? You have put all my sins out of my head, I think. Benedicite. Crossing himself. Daughter, you shall see me soon again, for great things are in agitation. At present I leave you to your prayers. Scene 5. Isabel alone. Sure never poor maid had more need of prayers, but you have left me no great stomach to them. Great things are in agitation. What can he mean? It must be so. Some old liquorish rogue with a title or a larger estate hath a mind to supplant my dear Laroon. Scene 6. Young Laroon. Isabel. My Isabel, my sweet, how painfully do I count each tenuous hour till I can call you mine. Indeed, you are like to count many more tedious hours than you imagine. Huh, what do you mean, my love? I would not have your wishes too impatient, that's all. But if you will wait a week, you shall know whether I intend to marry you or not. And is this possible? Can words like these fall from Isabel's sweet lips? Can she be false, inconstant, perjured? Oh, do not discharge such a volley of terrible names upon me before you are certain I deserve them. Doubt only whether I can be obedient to my confessor, and guess the rest. Can he have enjoined you as perjured? By heaven it would be sinful to obey him. Be satisfied. If I prevail with myself to obey him in this week's delay, I will carry my obedience no farther. Oh, to what happiness have those dear words restored me! I am again myself, for while the possession of thee is sure, though distant, there is in that dear hope more transport than any actual enjoyment can afford. Well, adieu, and to cram you quite full with hope, since you like the food, I here promise you that the commands of all the priests in France shall not force me to marry another. That is, sir, I will either marry you or die a maid, and I have no violent inclination to the latter, on the word of a virgin. Scene 7. Young Laroon Solus whether a violent hatred for my father, or an inordinate love for mischief, hath set the priests on this affair, I know not. Perhaps it is the former, for the old gentleman hath the happiness of being universally hated by every priest in Toulon. 
let a man abuse a physician he makes another physician his friend let him rail at a lawyer another will plead his cause gratis if he libel this courtier that courtier receives him in his bosom but let him once attack a hornet or a priest the whole nest of hornets and the whole regiment of black guards are sure to be upon him scene eight old laroon laughing young laroon <laughs> you are merry sir <laughs> merry sir ay sir i am merry sir would you have your father sad you rascal have you a mind to bury him in his youth pardon me sir i'd rather wish to know the happy occasion of your mirth the occasion of my mirth sir is the saddest sight that ever mortal beheld a very odd occasion indeed very odd truly it is the sight of an old honest whoremaster in a fit of despair and a damned rogue of a priest riding him to the devil ay sir but i have seen a more melancholy sight ha what can that be a fine young lady in a fit of love and a priest keeping her from her lover how the explanation of which is that father martin hath put off our match for a week put off your match with isabel even so sir well i never have made a hole in a gown yet i never have tapped a priest but if i don't let out some reverend blood before the sun sets may i never see him rise again i'll carbonate the villain i'll make a ragout for the devil's supper of him let me entreat you sir to do nothing rashly as long as i am safe in the faith of my isabel i tell you sirrah no man is safe in the faith of a mistress no one is secure of a woman till he is in bed with her had there been any security in the faith of a mistress i had been at present married to half the duchesses in france i no more rely on what a woman says out of a church than on what a priest says in it pardon me sir but i should have very little appetite to marry the woman whom i had such an opinion of you had an opinion of what business have you to have any opinion is it not enough that i have an opinion of her that is of her fortune but i suppose you of one of those romantic whining coxcombs that are in love with a woman behind her back sirrah i have had two women lawfully and two thousand unlawfully and never was in love in my life well sir then i am happy we both agree in the same person i like the woman and you her fortune yes you dog and i'll have you secure her as soon as you can for if a greater fortune should be found out in toulon i'll make you marry her so go find out your mistress and stick close to her and i'll go seek the priest whom if i can find i will stick close to with a vengeance scene nine another apartment jordan martin alas father there is one sin sticks by me more than any i have confessed to you it is so enormous a one my shame hath prevented me discovering it i have often concealed my crimes from my confessor that is a damnable sin indeed it seemeth to argue a distrust of the church the greatest of all crimes a sin i fear the church cannot forgive oh say not so father i should have said will not or not without difficulty for the church can do all things that is some comfort again i hope however though you have not confessed them you have not forgotten them for they must be confessed therefore they can be forgiven i hope i shall recollect them they are a black roll i remember i once was the occasion of ruining a woman's reputation by showing a letter from her 
If you had shown it to the priest, it had been no fault. Alas, sir, I wrote the letter to myself, and thus traduced the innocent. I afterwards commanded a company of grenadiers at the taking of a town, where I knocked a poor old gentleman in the head for the sake of his money, and ravished his daughter. These are crying sins indeed. At the same time I robbed a Jesuit of two pistols. Oh, damnable! Oh, execrable! Good father, have patience. I once borrowed five hundred livres of an honest citizen in Paris, and repaid him by lying with his wife, and what sits nearest my heart was forced to pay a young cavalier the same sum by suffering him to lie with mine. Oh! And yet, what are these to what I have done since I commenced merchant? What have I not done to get a penny? I insured a ship for a great value, and then cast it away. I broke when I was worth a hundred thousand livres, and went over to London. I settled there, and renounced my religion, and was made a justice of peace. Oh, that seed of heresy and damnation, that whore of Babylon! With the whores of Babylon did I unite. I protected them from justice. Gaming-houses and bawdy-houses did I license, nay, and frequent, too. I never punished any vice but poverty, for, oh, I dread to name it, I once committed a priest to Newgate for picking pockets. Oh, monstrous, horrible, dreadful, I'll hear no more, thou art damned without reprieve. Take pity, father, take pity on a penitent. Pity, the church abhors it. "'Twere mercy to such a wretch to pray him into purgatory. "'I'll give all my estate to the church. "'I'll found monasteries. I'll, "'I'll build abbeys.' "'All will not do. Ten thousand masses will not deliver you.' "'Was ever such a miserable wretch?' "'Thou hast sins enough to damn thy whole family. "'Monstrous impiety to lift up the hand of justice against the church.' "'Oh, speak some comfort to me. "'Will no penance expiate my crime?' It is too grievous for a single penance. Go, settle your estate on the church, and send your daughter to a nunnery. Her prayers will avail more than yours. Heaven hears the young and innocent with pleasure. I will, myself, say four masses a day for you, and all these, I hope, will purchase your forgiveness. At least your stay in purgatory will be short. My daughter? She is to be married to-morrow, and I shall never prevail on her. You must force her. Your all depends on it. "'But I have already sworn I will not force her.' "'The church absolves you from that oath, and it were now impiety to keep it. "'Go, lose not a moment. See her enter. "'With the utmost expedition she may put it out of your power.' "'What a poor miserable wretch am I!' Scene 10. Martin Solus. "'Thou art a miserable wretch indeed, and it is on such miserable wretches depends our power.' That superstition which chairs thy bowels feeds ours. This nunnery is a masterpiece. Let me but once shut up my dear Isabel from every other man, and the warmth of her constitution may be my very powerful friend. How far am I got already from the very brink of despair by the despair of this old fool? Superstition, I adore thee. Thou handle to the cheated layman's mind, by which in fetters priestcraft leads mankind. End of Act One